Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Chels. Here we are again. Another week's gone by, but it looks as though we may have new owners. They've even been seen at the ground, clapping goals that were disallowed. They're going to get the hang of this pretty quick, I think. And also, you know, he's back. He's been away for weeks while he's been travelling the world, being a PR superstar. It is... Mr. Andy Saunders. Hello, I'm Andy. I'm back, I'm back. Yeah, no, good, good to be back. Yes, back in you, Blighty. Are you jet-lagged? I was, yeah, it was horrific, actually. I went to LA and New York, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. It's a strange old jet lag, particularly the LA one. Well, yeah, but you did you did the, the thing which always kills you, the red eye, mm. which just means from LA to New York... You're screwed because yeah. nothing seems to make any sense. It was hard, but you know I'm not complaining. It was uh, it was nice. It was nice, lovely weather, which was good. Crashed what my was car. The most... <laughs> Just gonna say, crashed <laughs> your car. Now, how long into your journey did that happen? Thirty minutes. Thirty. I lost the sweep. I hired a convertible at LAX airport. You know because. Uber's expensive, and I was travelling all over the place on business, and I thought, I'll hire a car, I'll tell you what, I'll hire a convertible. And I drove it 30 minutes, and I pulled into my hotel and just took out the side of a brand new Tesla. Uh, But, you know, that's what insurance for, Kerry. That's what it's for. Uh, Always get the collision damage waiver. Always get it. Because you hand it back, particularly in a place like LA, you hand it back and they just go, ah, happens all the time. They They couldn't have given less of a toss when I handed it back. And I so, guess the guy with the Tesla didn't care either. Well, did he? he probably took it up with the insurance company as well. But I haven't heard from him yet, so maybe I'll get a massive bill. But you know, who knows? Who Apart knows? from that, it was a lovely trip. Excellent. Well, look, we've got a, a very. And special... I'm glad I was away because just it was just miserable, wasn't it, while I was away? Well, I don't know. We were quite happy. We had a lovely time on here. Everyone yeah, was cheering f- and football-wise, happy. it was miserable. 
No, it has been a very strange few weeks. Look, I think I think the world has caught up with our team. Um, I think the the pressures of everything that's going on. I think losing to Real Madrid. I think everything just has compounded into we need the end of the season, but we do have the matter of finishing this one off first. Now, look, we've got a very special guest joining us. We've got a writer, journalist, broadcaster, all the way from sunny, and it probably is sunny, Spain. It's Mr Gary Thacker. Hello, Gary. How are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. And, yeah, it is it's a really bright, sunny day here in Spain. About, oh, I guess, about 28, 30 degrees. So, very nice, oh, ch- very nice. Chilly, then. Whereabouts in Spain are you, Gary? Uh, living in a little place called Polivieca, which is about an hour away from Alicante in the Costa Blanca. Lovely. And you've got a Midlands accent, by the sounds of it. I have. I, yeah, I originally come from Warsaw in the West Midlands, which makes it a little bit strange to be a Chelsea fan. But, uh, so how did that come about? You know, do you know, it's really strange. Andy. I, the short answer I don't know. I mean, I've, I've supported Chelsea as long as I can remember. I mean... I was born in 56, but I remember Jimmy Greaves leaving Chelsea. So he was 61, I think. So um, I, it was one of those things that stick in mind. Why, why would anybody leave Chelsea? It just didn't make sense to me as a young, you know, I don't know, burgeoning child. Um, so I've been supporting the, the Blues now for, God, where, where are we now? So it's 60 odd years, I guess. So, I mean, I, the, the, the reason why you're on, as well as being a Chelsea fan and you can talk well about Chelsea, is you've written a book called Out of the Blue. Now, would you like to explain a little bit about what this is all about? Sure, buddy. So, so basically, it's the, it covers the season 2011-2012 culminating in the um, European Cup on Champions League final. And it's, it's, it's such a ridiculous season that it's, you know, anything that could happen in a football club in a season happened to Chelsea in that season. And, you know, you could even take out the, the Champions League um, run in isolation. And there's so much ridiculous, crazy events that happen and swings and roundabouts and ups and downs and you're going out and you're not going out and last-minute goals. Just crazy, crazy situation. And I, you could almost write the book about that the Champions League, but, you know, throw in what happened beforehand with Willis Boas and then uh, Robbie coming in to rescue. And, and FA Cup, that's almost shrunk into Against Liverpool, of course. Because of the events against Liverpool, let's hope it's an army for the one coming up in a few mm. weeks. Um, so, I, I mean, even if it wasn't about Chelsea, it was a story that just needed to be written, but because I'm a Chelsea fan, it was about Chelsea. Out of the blue, it seems um, the apt title for it. So, there you are, published about, I think it's the 11th of April, so... Uh, the idea was it would be the tenth anniversary of the um, the, uh, um, the, the, the the final, but it got it out a few days in advance. Of course, Chelsea winning it last year as well just added a little bit of momentum to it. So well done, Tommy. Thanks for that. I appreciate it, buddy. Nice bit of PR for me. Excellent. And what was it like writing a book like that? Because I presume, how easy is it to write a book like that when you're a Chelsea fan, but you're also a journalist? Can you separate the two, or do they sort of merge together? It's difficult, but I mean, I, I hope I, I, when I t- write, I tend to do that um, because I tend to only write. I've written uh, a book about the Dutch team of the um, early seventies, nineteen seventy-four World Cup final, seventy-eight World Cup final, European final, uh, European Championship in between. And I'm just, I'm just literally a couple of weeks ago, I sent off my seventh manuscript off to the to the publishers about the Ajax team. Um, one consecutive European Cups. So I tend only to write about 
stories that I like that, that you know, that are sort of mean a lot to me. So I, I try to adopt that third person approach. And in this book, in the, uh, the, the Out of the Blue, um, I've, I've sort of factored in a lot of Chelsea fans' uh, opinions so I can talk through them rather than through me because I want to be the guy who's telling the story, not the guy who's part, who feels that he's part of the story, as it were. No, I understand that. And I, I, I would still say, for me, it is the greatest night of my life being in that stadium as we won that because there was something about that whole... None of us went there thinking, well, we're, we're going to win. We didn't even think we had a chance. And I loved that. That whole season felt like we were going to be complete losers, but there we go. We resigned ourselves to it. And yet we ended up in that momentous moment where, where you, it's still my ringtone on my phone for calls. I still have it, and it still makes me smile. I always leave my phone to ring a little longer than I need to, just so I can hear the goal go in. It's just, it's, it's, it just is, it's nuts, really. So, you it's, know. Yeah, it's been, I've got a, um, well, my children bought, I mean, bought me a picture which hangs up in our, our apartment here in Spain, and uh, it's it's from behind Drogba, and the ball is rolling to the left hand corner as you look at it, and uh, um, goalkeeper, because the name escapes me, the goalkeeper's name escapes me, uh, is diving the other way anyway, and it's, it's and he's just on the hard Neuer. turn, turn. Yeah, Neuer, Neuer, thank you, Neuer, Neuer, thank you. Sorry, just to my mind, and it's one of those sort of. That's the second. That's the second that I started crying, and because my son's a Chelsea fan, we're watching the game together. Um, back home in in, uh, in the Midlands, and uh, I must have cried a dozen times that night. He's done it the greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. They've beaten Bayern Munich in their own backyard. They've found the Holy Grail after an adventure fraught with danger. And Drogba may never play for Chelsea again, and they'll be forgotten. He's in more than this football club. Brilliant. Thanks, yeah. Andy. Uh, uh, I remember was, uh, saying Martin the, Tyler's classic. Martin country. Tyler, yeah. yeah. The great, the greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. Champions of Europe. I mean, it's the, it's the closing line in the book. I mean, what a, what a moment! I mean, oh, I now thought... you've ruined the ending, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler, spoiler I, alert. <laughs> I never thought I'd see Chelsea win the win the league, let alone win the Champions League, let alone win the World Cup. It was an you amazing know, night. We were all there. Obviously, I was there as well. And um, I was there with my two sons. And I remember I've told this story many times, coming out of the stadium and saying, that was the greatest night of my life. And they both sort of yeah. looked at me and I went, well, I mean, obviously, when you were born was great, but this is the greatest <laughs> night of my life. And yeah. it was just astonishing. And I still, I, I must say, I probably think about it every day. It somehow pops into my head, you know, pretty much most days randomly you know uh something will remind me of it or you know i'll have a i'll have a thought but you know you forget about those games leading up to it the napoli game barcelona game obviously that liverpool cup final i mean even like you know birmingham city away you know which was i think wasn't that robbie's first first game game. yeah yeah you know and you know and the benfica game i mean there were so many great games that season you know as well as some you know pretty awful ones as well yeah yeah it's, it's weird. So go on, Gary. So it's weird. I mean, the reason I wrote the book, I said there was, there was no Champions League triumph before that that can compare to the, the layers of drama upon drama upon drama. I mean, you, you know, people say about Liverpool coming back from 3 0 down against, uh, against Milan. It's one game. Man United coming back in the final against Spain. It's one game. It's happened six, seven times. I mean, not yeah. once. Not twice. I mean, well, it, it could be crazy. it could be Real Madrid this year, couldn't it? Well, I mean, if you, you look know, at them, 
it's funny, Andy. I'll, I'll write for a Spanish newspaper over here about La Liga, and I've just sent the article off this morning. And basically, I've, I've, that's been the theme of the article that Real Madrid could could you know do what Chelsea did in 2012 and be the most ridiculous winners of the Champions League in, <laughs> in the history of the game. I mean, crazy, absolutely crazy. But but it's a great story. I mean, forget forget that I write the book. Whoever writes the book, it's a great story. It's a, it is a yeah. great story. But, and, and... but you have to say there is a difference between us and Real Madrid. Real Madrid are a hateful side who really are disgusting at every turn, whereas we're wonderful, beautiful, blue, triumphant, greatest football team ever. But that's me being slightly biased. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, the Real Madrid story this season, I, I, I think actually our season has really suffered at the hands of that defeat against them. Yeah. I think I think it, it took what energy reserves we had out of us uh, that that game. Well, I, don't I think know. it took the belief out of us. That's the problem. I think, yeah. you know, up until that game, there was always a certain amount of belief, particularly defensively. And, you know, with if you, if you can, can, you know, sort of put that alongside Rudiger going, I mean, announcing that he's going, or the manager announcing that he's going, Christensen going, um, you know, Dave's catastrophic drop in form, um, you know, and, and the other defensive issues, you know, Kante's on-off injury issues, you know, it's it's really. I think that was a catalyst, a tipping point for for a you know for a bit of a downward turn in our fortunes. I'd agree. I mean, but at least Malang Sar's staying. Yeah. Oh my so, god. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do you think of Malang Sar? I mean, look, we're, we're not in the we're not in the habit of caning individual players on here. That's but, not what we but do. Feel but free. At it this is. It in is. Time. No, it is. It is worth always highlighting particular players performances or runs of performances we're not into abuse or 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 you know or or caning them because you know they, they don't go out to be terrible um but he's not been impressive for me i, I mean i think there's, it's all about sort of where, where he's seen as his, his role in the team you know i don't think he's going to be a first first choice first team player in big games um Rudy, I mean, I'm yeah i think we all do Rudy. don't we yeah I mean, just such an inspirational player. Um, and then, as you as you quite quite right mentioned, you know, where Aspi suffered a severe lack of form lately. Um, Tiago's, I mean, a wonderful player, but it's getting no younger, and they can't keep can't keep playing till he's forty five. For God's sake, you know, how good he is. I mean, he just, just looks I mean, absolutely exhausted, doesn't he? It's he's just I having mean, to bail everyone out, isn't he? All yeah, the time? He, even Rolls Royce was there to field eventually. You know, I mean, it's mm. uh, it's just so much. And, and then you know, Mendy started on the right But as, as you said, there've been so many crazy things happened this season. I mean. The Real Madrid thing was an emotional uh, disaster to get three 0 up there, and uh, I mean, over here, I mean, even though sort of with and it was Clubius, Elche, and then Cross uh, Valencia, uh, Levante, Villarreal, not too far away, but most people who are Real Madrid supporters, and you go in the bars to watch the game, it's full of Real Madrid, and if ever we had turned that off, I was just walking the bar with my scarf. It would have been it would have been wonderful, but you know to to go to get three 0 up after the, the performance at Stamford Bridge and then to fall away. I mean, it, it, it could be been... worse, Gary. We could be Liverpool. We could have conceded two in the ninetieth and ninety first minute. Well, that's you know, true, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's got to be more of a killer, isn't it? You I mean think. Man City? I'm sorry, Man, Man City. Man City. Yeah. Man City. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were yeah. looking ahead to Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. hoping. I was hoping. Let's hope to... so. Yeah, Anybody yeah. but Liverpool, right? Yeah. I mean, um, the Real Madrid one is, as, as you mentioned, is just is just as crazy. I mean, they were going out to PSG, lost to, lost away, yeah. sit the first goal at home, and then uh, Benzema scores a hat trick in twelve minutes to uh, turn that round. Then um, obviously the, the Chelsea game, and 
they're 10 minutes from, from being eliminated again and it goes to extra time. And then Man City, I mean, we, I was actually in a bar and somebody just put the TV on because we were sort of in a bit of a meeting. And so it was just minutes from the end. And we saw uh, those two goals in the first couple, you know, seconds of turning the TV on. It was, was this a weird play or something, you know? But sometimes things just faded. And, you know, uh, um, on Sky, Gary Neville was saying about the Chelsea game, sometimes these things are written in the stars. And it's, yeah. I think, you know. Yeah. Well, if Liverpool, Liverpool go two goals up against Real Madrid, it ain't over, kids. It ain't over. No. Yeah. No, it's not. But Real, Real Madrid seem to be able to find a way to win, which is what uh, we did in previous games. You know, which is what we all, which is what we always used to do. We used to find a way to win. I mean, 2012 with both centre backs carrying their hamstrings in suitcases. You know, with you know Ryan Bertram on the left of on left of midfield with Basingua at right back. You know, Kalu was our striking option. I mean, there was nothing right about that team at all. Yet we found a way to win, and you know, found a way to win in Porto, um, and we were always that team that. Did it and I think our luck ran out a little bit against against Man City and uh, against uh, Real Madrid and it was a turning point for us. Yeah, the one yeah. thing I'd say about that final as well, it was John Michelobi's finest night. Oh, yeah. for Chelsea. Oh, it was, wonderful. It was wonderful. just absolutely amazing that night. Well, uh, look, um, now you've got the book done, Gary. Are you happy it's gone and it's out there in the world? Is there a sense of relief when these things end up published? It's, it's a weird thing about book writing. I mean, that's the the one that's just gone out now to the Ajax one is going to publish its seventh book, and it's a bit like uh, it's a bit like a drug. Um, you get the yips, you know. So you're glad it's gone; it's out there. Thank God for that; it's finished. I can relax. What's next? Well, I, I mean, actually, that, that, that seventh one will be my last one because I'm sort of I'm hanging up a keyboard now. And, uh, so I will be, I will be sort of finished. But it, it's 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 a great release to, to see, and the publishing date. And there's two great dates. A, the publishing date when they come out, and B, when you receive your copies of the books, and you can actually touch it. And if it's real, then it's it's tangible. Um, so book writing is is it, as I say, it's like a drug. You know, it's got to give you some wonderful highs, but it's difficult at times as well. Yeah, it, it is indeed. Well, look, Out of the Blue is out on Pitch Publishing, I believe. Uh, it's available in good bookshops, bad bookshops. All bookshops. Uh, you know, if you're a Chelsea fan, go out, get it, support Gary. He's proper Chelsea, you know. Can you get it on Amazon, Gary? That's where everybody gets it. Yeah, it's on Amazon, yeah. You can type in it out of the blue, or if you type in my name, Gary Thacker, J L Y T H A C K R. I've got my own Amazon page on there, and all my books are on there, including that one here. So, do you want any of Kerry's books? Kerry's got lots of remaindered books in his house. I don't have any remainders, actually. uh, Yeah, well, we'll speak later. Thank you very much, Andy. And how many books have you written, Andy, darling? I don't have time to write books. I'm too busy being being a guru. Uh, that could go loads of places. Right, we should move on to another subject at hand for this week, is that we actually found out the news for those of you who were up listening in with bated breath to see if it would be announced at 2.30 on Saturday morning. It was announced that Todd Bowley is the choice to buy Chelsea Football Club. The contract, everything's been agreed, we just need government approval. Well, why are they hanging on? What's going on? They wanted us to hurry up. We are hurrying up, aren't we? Gary, what do you make of all of this? Have you found it um, actually quite extraordinary that it's moved so quickly under the circumstances? And from what little we know of Todd Bowley, he seems as though his whole campaign has been the one handled with most decorum and seems to have been the most transparent as well. 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely true, uh, Kerry. Um, I, I mean, it's it's it seems like it's gone on forever, but it hasn't. And it's just that it, you know because it's caused so much disruption to the club, um, and you know we, we spoke about the Real Madrid defeat affecting the Chelsea team, but it must be a terrible living under that sort of doubt as to what's going to happen. And then you get idiot Sky reporters saying Chelsea are going to go into business and they're going to get relegated. They ought to have a slap on the mouth, really, because they just don't know what it's almost like making it up on the hoof. Um, just for a, just for sensation, um, but yeah, I think I think he, from the start he seemed to be the best option. And when you you know you hear that the agreement from you know Roman versus Cotton Socks has tied in them into an agreement whereby they can't take any money out of the club for ten years, and there's a set amount of investment got to go in, and they can't sell the shares for ten years. I mean that's that sounds like we've got at least ten years of a fairly secure future to build on. So you know I, I think. Yeah, and there's the whole sanction thing about Rome, and you know nobody wants to belittle what's what's happening in, in Ukraine. But preventing Chelsea from selling tickets to home games doesn't seem to help people in Ukraine very much. It just seems a bit publicity-wise. Well, but I do think that this, you can't have one rule for somebody and one rule for someone else. You know, you've got sanctions is sanctions, isn't it? You know, it doesn't. You know, you can't suddenly say, well, Chelsea, you have to have a different type of sanction. You know, you're, no, either, sanction, but, you're either sanctioned no, or you're but not. You know. With all due respect, Andy, it's not Chelsea's been sanctioned. It's it's Roman Abramovich, not Chelsea's consumption. But his, but but Chelsea Football Club is an asset of Roman Abramovich, you know. And sanctions, got, sanctions, sanctions. Sorry, let me finish. Sanctions, sorry, sanctions are you know are, are aimed at people's assets, and he was and, and that was one of his assets, and it was essentially frozen. So you know, I, I, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that you know ultimately you can't apply different rules to different people you know the, the sanction laws are very very clear you're absolutely right and i'm not that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is once they froze the assets of chelsea football club so roman couldn't take any advantage from it what's the point of stopping people selling tickets i don't understand because it's generating income that's why not, not for an but he can't touch the asset he can't touch the asset can, can i just i mean okay yeah, anyway I, I'd like to just pull in because this Chelsea Supporters Trust released a statement today. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. The Chelsea Supporters Trust, uh, it says terms have been agreed for the uh, Todd Bowley led consortium to acquire Chelsea FC, blah, blah, blah. The logic of preventing Chelsea members from purchasing tickets for home Premier League games, therefore, becomes even more tenuous. Allowing sales of FA Cup and Champions League tickets, but not those for Premier League was an irrational decision and punished loyal supporters from attending league home fixtures. I, I Given, totally agree with that now that yeah. it's been sorted. But I think yeah. previously, my point was previously, now, now we have a new owner, essentially. So Yeah, that's what know, I'm saying. I, I, and they, I, they I just say they, they, they reckon that the DCMS should immediately amend the special licence mm. and allow tickets for Chelsea's last two home games to be sold by the club to I members. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. So and I, I, th I think th that's true. I, but I think the process was the process, and unfortunately, we were the victims of it, or those people that weren't season ticket holders were the victims of it. Um, yeah, I, I and think, that's a shame. Yeah, I, th I think I think it's been really difficult because it has made a difference in the ground. There's been absolutely no doubt yeah. about it. You true. know, you, you know. But what is interesting? I was talking about this with uh, Gary, another Gary, one with two R's. Uh, can you believe it? Um, but we, we were talking uh, at the weekend and saying well, it's, it's quite interesting because the lack of uh, singing and support has been levelled at um, Chelsea fans. That was a conversation you had with me 
Oh, was it with you? Yeah. Sorry, that way you're pointing at you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Don't he, give well, Gary any to... credit for having that kind of conversation. <laughs> All right. The, actually, <laughs> and then I, then I mentioned it to Andy, who, oh. of course, agreed with my wisdom. Mm. And um, sorry, mate. Um, but, yeah, that the actually the season ticket holders now are the only people in the ground. And it has been very quiet when it's been blamed, as, as we said, about, uh, you know, the tourist fans, fans coming in and not making noise. That's quite an interesting concept, really, that, that actually the season ticket holders aren't making that much noise. It is an interesting concept because, you know, the, the, the kind of old school Chelsea, of which I am one, you know, I mean, for, you know, and so are you, Kerry, uh, and, and so are you, Gary. Um, you know, we're the old school Chelsea. Um, you know, we're always moaning about tourists and we're always moaning about, you know, people coming into the ground, taking selfies and not watching the game and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And actually, with just the season ticket holders in the ground, we can see that they're not making a huge amount of noise either. You yeah. know, so where's this singing going to come from? It's interesting, I think, you know, whether it's sort of season ticket holders or non-season ticket holders, in a stadium that's 70% full, 65% full, because a lot of home fans are absent, it's probably difficult to generate that atmosphere anyway. Whereas well, the- you say that, you say that, sorry to interrupt, you say that, but when I went to the last game uh, of kind of lock COVID, lock COVID yeah. game uh, against Leicester, when they let 8,000 people in, the atmosphere then was amazing. Yeah, I, I think you that's know. probably... Might be a special sort of case situation. Maybe. Of, yeah. I mean, Maybe. I, I, mean I, I don't know. I'm just, just throwing that out as a possible th- explanation as to why it might, might occur. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I think that's fair, and I think that's certainly fair enough. But but what but what we don't have is this kind of like group of season ticket holders that are incredibly raucous, and no, true. you know. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna brook any any kind of complaint from them about other people not singing. I think that that's the point. Is like I think the whole atmosphere thing needs a needs a rethink. You know, we need to we need to generate some noise, particularly at Stamford Bridge. Away games, fine. You know, we we all know yeah. that away games they're, yeah. they're 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 noisy, they're raucous, they jump up and down and they sing songs, and you know that's great. And you know I go to away games and it's it's brilliant but you know at the bridge it can be it really can be very very quiet and i you know i don't know if that's had any kind of impact on the on the team's home form whether the team just aren't getting any energy off the crowd and you know and those perform and we've got something like the third worst home record in the league you yeah. know and whether yeah, we're, we're helping the team at Stamford bridge in any way i don't think we are you know no, and it's, it needs to be sorted it's it's interesting in fact the 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 two songs that i heard was the same one sung twice quite well uh, against Wolves and that was Toddy gives a wave Toddy Toddy give us a wave up at Todd Bowley up in in the boxes so that was quite I thought that was quite interesting that there was Romelu Lukaku had his name sung for a while and then I was going to say and then of course Lukaku but Um, it was good that that the crowd recognised Bowley up in the in the crowd um you know it's it's interesting I mean we'll get we'll get on to the game I mean Todd Bowley and his two baldy mates yeah yeah. One's a lawyer, and I don't know who the other guy is. We'll find out. Probably the um, accountant. Yeah, exactly. I would have thought R- that's rattling around in their twenty million pound a season box. Yeah, yeah. yeah Realising he won't need shades much <laughs> of the time over it, but <laughs> you know. But uh, but yeah. Okay. So let let. So we're happy with the way things have panned out. So we are getting a new owner. We He's are the right owner. I think. I yeah. think the, the, yeah. the I thing think is, right. I, I think if we if you look at everybody involved, I mean, Ricketts was a disaster area, wasn't he? Oh, for, you know, for for you know, for all sorts. You were of reasons. backing him. 
um and then you had you know the the the, you know the sir jim ratcliffe thing that came in horribly late and didn't seem to make any sense whatsoever couldn't quite work out what that one was then a load of kind of obvious kind of vulture capitalists who came in and thought they could make a quick buck out of it so you know of, of all of them the guy that's had some some experience in sports investment um and you know has you know, shown some passion for the club and has, has made all the right moves. It doesn't seem to have skeletons in his closet, although they probably all do. Um, you know, I, I think all in all, he's made the right noises and for me, he's the right choice. Yeah, I, I, I think so. So look, there he was. He decided to come to Chelsea to watch a mighty victory that was going to be against Wolves. Oh dear, it was another one of those days. I mean, the side. What did you make of the side, Andy? Of course, you're you're in that in between phase where you're not really a proper Chelsea fan now, <laughs> are you? You're off playing bloody cricket, which is nonsense. It you was know? the first. It was the first day of the league cricket season, so I had to play. Um, but uh, you know, how many did you score? I don't bat, Kerry. Batting's for mugs. <laughs> so, how many much. did you score? <laughs> Not, not, not out. Obviously, that's oh, why I carried your bat. That's okay. why I always score. Um, <laughs> coming in at number eleven, um, wickets and two wickets, two for twenty-four off eight overs. It was all right. Um, respectable. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what do we have? Mendy in goal, Azpilicueta, Silver and Rudiger as a back three. Uh, James and Alonso as the wing backs with Loftus Cheek and Kovacic in the middle, and then Pulisic sitting just behind Lukaku and Werner. I mean, you know, it's not the ideal side, was it? But I thought they they did okay in the first half. Yeah, I, I, I thought we were we were we were good for seventy minutes. Every, you know, Pulisic showed real signs of that ducking and diving and slaloming run. Maybe not quite getting the last ball right all the time, but there were signs he was coming to life and flourishing. Werner again running around like a very eager puppy, and you know, I mean, if there's ever a man who's probably had more goals disallowed for offsides or fouls or some incident, it'll be him. I still think it, it's it's dubious having looked back on it whether that was really a foul against a foul. somebody who was so much bigger. Uh, in the stadium, it looked like a foul, and then I watched it, as I said to you. I, I couldn't quite believe it, but... Werner's a strange one. Um, it, it was all it was all particularly strange, and the midfield that seemed to work really well. Uh, Kovacic and Loftus Cheek sort of worked really well. I mean, Gary, do, do you get to see the games happily enough where you are? Yeah, most of the times, yeah, um, either at bars or sort of on the internet or whatever. Yeah, um, I, I just think you know, to me, I, I, if we don't play Mason, I just think we lose a lot of creativity. Uh, I know some people slag him off on Twitter. He just, I just don't. Don't understand. I, I mean, Kovacic, I think Kovacic... He's is, a god. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just... Um, Lukaku, um, I, I, I don't think it's his fault most of the time. Um, the way um, Tuchel plays, the way he played in Germany, the way he played in PS, PSG, he doesn't play with a big target, man. It, that's not how he plays. He needs a mobile a mobile front man, almost like a false nine, which Habits fits the bill perfectly for how he wants to play. So Lukaku has always seemed to be, you know, you, when, you, when you sign him, he scored those first couple of goals I think was against Arsenal's first game and you're thinking okay well you know, that's going to work but it was always seemed to be a strange a strange signing given the way Tuchel plays um, but you know it, okay he buried a couple of chances but he took apparently well so fair enough um, I'm not quite sure about about Rubes playing alongside Kovacic I'm not sure that's his best position um, Alonso 
I'm not there again. I'm not sure. We miss, we miss Chilwell so badly. So badly. Um, if we'd have had Ben Chilwell and a fit Reese James, we wouldn't be in this position. We'd, no, not we'd, at all. We'd be on the beach now. No, we'd, be, a, we'd be eight or nine, ten points ahead and on the beach. There's a guy playing at Brighton who used to, who last season played at Taffy over here. Um, I think oh, Brighton, Cucurella. Cucurella. Play, yeah, I, mean, I think that picked him up for a song. Um, yeah. Scored his first goal, didn't he, the weekend? He's an exceptional player. I mean, he's a really good defender. I mean, Alonso is a weapon going forward. Uh, as a defender, he's got his limitations. And, you know, there ain't many players in the world that make me look quick, but, you know, he's borderline one of them, um, especially when he's going back towards his own goal. But, you know, that's the limitations of the guy. And, he's, you know, he's been there for six years now, six, seven years. And, you know, he probably don't know it's anything, but I think it's time for him to move on. We need, we yeah. need, if we, we're going to play with, with, with wing backs, we've got to play, we've got to get a guy who's sort of can, can do the role going backwards as well as going forwards. Um, I was just, just going to say on the Lukaku thing, I, I thought it was interesting the way he played uh, with, with the team against Wolves because the first half he was not quite clicking, but you could see from the first minute they were all trying to play him in. It was quite interesting. It seemed like a real different attempt from the whole team to try and use him as the focal point. And in the second half, I, I thought Lukaku had a very, very good game. He suddenly was ordering people around in the best possible way. They were responding to him. He was making good runs. He gets the penalty. And that second goal he scored, that's old Lukaku, where it okay. just comes to him, go, he lets it roll across him, and he hits it knowing what's going to happen. Rather than most of the time this season, he's been touch, touch, lose it, touch, touch, miss hit. He suddenly looked... Like now, whether that's because new owners are in town, or whether he's thinking I've got to start impressing the last few games, otherwise I'm never going to get out of here. I don't know, but I think it did click for him uh, against Wolves to to a greater or lesser extent. So yeah, I agree with you. He's not the kind of player that perhaps Tuchel wants, and we've seen that if you're not the kind of player Tuchel wants. He's not shy and just getting shot of you, as we saw with Tammy Abraham last season, yeah. who I still think could have done a pretty yeah. good job for us. In, interesting, but, interestingly, with Lukaku, I, I think he bullied that Wolves defence. Yeah, he and, did. And he wasn't timid. And I think he's just been a little bit too timid. And whether right. that's down to frustration about not getting the ball in the right places, not playing his game, which is down the channels, back to goal... You know, in that game, he was like, I'm not having this. And, you know, particularly the penalty where he just bulldozed him, didn't he? Gave the guy yeah. no opportunity but to bring him down. And, you know, holding the ball up so well on the edge of the area, uh, turning and shooting him. And that's the second time he tried that in the game. The first time, the first time it almost came off as well. He was getting himself in good positions. I mean, the, you know, if you look at Lukaku's phys- physical attributes, I mean, he's a physical specimen. He's a bully. And we haven't seen that enough. He's also deceptively quick. And we haven't seen that enough. And he's a good finisher. And we haven't seen that enough, you know. So, so maybe, maybe there's light at the end of that tunnel. Is he the long-term choice to lead our line? I doubt it. Not under this manager, anyway. And mm. I think that, you know, but but can we sell him because we'll only get thirty million for him? And sure, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, you know, that. And he's a bit like, you know, Kepper, isn't he? Really, you know, it's all right, very well saying well he's not going to play, but you can't sell a seventy million pound goalkeeper in that kind of form. So, you know, we're, we're sort of slightly hamstrung a little bit with Lukaku. Um, I didn't think Pulisic, Pulisic was that good, if I'm honest. Um, I think he's been poor this season. Um, and I will say the same about Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I think he's been poor this season. And maybe maybe he just hasn't found his right position. But 
you know, I don't know what his right position is, if I'm honest, and I don't think he does, and I don't think any manager he's worked under does either. And I think that's his problem. He's never really staked a claim. He's a he's a he's a decent utility player, and if he wants to sit on the bench and play in the squad and come in and fill those gaps like he did against Luton at centre back or at right wing back or you know in the middle, which he does, then I'm more than happy for him to stay. But for me, he's not the future of a winning Chelsea team. And as for Kovacic, you know, I thought Kovacic was good. But, you know, Kovacic does what Kovacic does, which is to give the ball away in really awkward areas, you know, because he tries things. And I don't mind him doing that. But, you know, when he gives the ball away, he puts us into trouble. And, you know, and, and I know that's probably harsh on him because he gives us so much else and, you know, he, he drives us forward. But, you know, when he does lose the ball, it's it can be really painful. So I that's my view on some of those. Yeah, I think along with Lukaku, I thought Kovacic was our best player in a lot because he kept driving. Yeah, I like him driving. All, but, you know, yeah, yeah. it only takes him to lose the ball in a, in a sensitive area, doesn't it? Yeah, so. for sure. He's picking your moments. But the, the thing I'd like to talk about really is, you know, before we leave the Wolves game, is how we capitulated. Uh, one thing under Tuchel that we thought we had sorted out up until a while ago now, uh, was game management. That actually, at 2-0, with 11, 12 minutes to go, you should be really... You're either going full out to go and get another one and really wipe the floor with them, which at one point I thought we might try and do. At 2-0, mm. you thought we'd go and try and turn it into 4 or 5. Uh, and it kind of didn't happen. We started getting, you know, a bit airy and and not really getting stuck in. But the one thing is, with about 10 or 12 minutes to go, you need to make sure everything's locked down, everything is secure. And then it happened. Um, it, you know, uh, Trincao came on, and boy, does he look as though he's going to be a player and a half. Um, you know, he's, he's a loney from Barcelona. But, I mean, that goal he scored, I mean, great goal. But really, it was so many problems in that defence. Well, it was Rudiger not keeping it simple. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Rudiker should have just Thank put it God into Rose. Thank God he's going. That's what I say. <laughs> there are times when there are times when you have to be brave, and I, under Tuchel, I think we've we've really done that well. You know, there are times where you, where you just have to not throw caution to the wind, but be brave and play the football you're capable of. And I, I think you know, there's times to do that, and there are times, as you say game management where you need to just keep things simple. Rudiger trying to dribble that ball out of defence and losing it in that position was just dumb. Yeah, Gary, I mean, what did you make of that watch now? Because it was so comfortable. Wolves just didn't look as they were interested. And, of course, you'll know about Wolves having come from just down the road from there. Uh, once they get going, they've got some beautiful players in that side. And there was only, I have to say, if it had gone on another few more minutes, there was only going to be one winner in that game. Yeah. This is, it's, it's, it's worse than you just saying about living there. My wife's a Wolves fan and we were sitting watching the game with her. So, I mean, that was that was what she would say interesting. But the Trincao goal, the Trincao goal, well, when he's running forward with the ball, I'm, I'm screaming out, show him right. Sh- it, sh- he, he can't even stand on his right foot. Show him right. And he just dropped the shoulder and Rudiger let come. As soon as he come inside Rudiger, he was always going to pop a shot off. Now, it goes it goes into Rose head or it goes in the back of the onion bag. And unfortunately, it was the latter this time. But it was just, I mean, no, he, I mean, here's me. I mean, six yard junior bloke. I know about this. You see, these players play. He's, he's, he's a white footed player. Show him out. Don't show him in. I mean, they've got a guy who's 12 months ago, their striker, uh, Raul Jimenez, was probably in the top six strikers of the country. Since he had that terrible injury, he can't even bond with a banjo. Let him cross the ball. For God's sake, if you have to, but don't show him inside. But once that goal went in, I think what we've got is uh, um, a case where 
we were almost expecting to concede again. And when I say we, I mean the team. We're almost expecting to concede again. And then when it got to sort of 96, I think well, we're just, we might just edge, edge away with it. But the frailties that were there well, when when Thomas uh, Thomas Tuchel arrived were there again. Um, it was hesitant. It was uh, unconvincing. It was it was unconvinced as well. I'll tell you what you don't do. You don't bring on Malang Sar on 87 minutes. Oh, I mean, it just what, seems weird. What was that about? I mean, I can't I, I process what the guy was doing there. I mean, I love Thomas Tuchel. You know, I think he's the future of our club for a long time to come. But what was he thinking? I don't understand what, what the game plan is there. Was, was, was Aspi injured? Almost, that's the only thing I could think of. I don't understand taking a guy over three. But you've got Trevor Chalaber on the bench. You've got some yeah, height on the bench. You've got. You know, you've, 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 why would you bring him on? I don't understand what the thinking was. Kerry, what did he? Know. What was he doing? No, well, look, this is something that's been going on. I mean, there's been discussion about how Chalabar seems to be become out of favour, and for some reason, Malangsar gets the first nod, and I, I don't get it. I mean, look, his socks don't fit him for God's sake. He <laughs> looks as though somebody said, "Oh, mate, you're going to have to have a run out for us," and we've only got some kids clothes left oh yeah what the hell i'll take him you know i mean he i don't want to slag him off but he just looks out of his depth when you need somebody to rely on i would rather rely on chalabar i think we've seen enough from chalabar we know he's got a few errors in him he's young he's learning it's his first season at chelsea in the first team but i would have picked him coming on any time over Malangsar. I think so, we've seen yeah, enough of Malangsar to realise he's not good enough. He's no, not. He's not. Good. He's not and he's good not enough. a squad player either. Uh, no, he. You know. I mean. And again, this is not. This is not caning him individually, or giving him abuse. I just don't think he's an elite defender. You know, at the level that Chelsea Football Club plays. Uh, you know, he may be perfectly fine playing for you know a club in mid-table or below. But you know, for a top four club, he's not good enough. And oh, no. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't get him, and I don't understand what he was doing. I agree with all the things you said there, there uh, Andy. I think, as I say, the, the, what, what sort of mystified me was we, you're hanging on to a lead with two or three minutes left on the clock. You don't take off a defender unless he's injured. Because to send, and whether it's Chalabar on or, or, or Saar, it's, it, you're on a hard into nothing. You've got to pick up the pace of a game and the, the emotional impact of the game from, from a standstill with two or three minutes to go. You're, you're asking for trouble. Now, I mean, yeah, I agree with all that you said about uh, Malangsar, all of it. But what um, you bring on, I tell you what you bring on, you bring on height because, well, okay, you know, because yeah, a, a, I can a, see the logic in that. A, a but, team like Wolves, they're not going to play through you. They're going to put the ball in the box, you know, because ultimately no. they still have a championship DNA. And, you know, when it gets to kind of, you know, 87, oh, well, I think 87 minutes, they're going. They've got players like Moutinho in there. They're not. They've got Trincao. They've got ball players in there. They've, they've got, got amazing. They're okay. You know, they've got Neves. They're okay, no, they're, but they're never going to win anything significantly. Well, and, no, and, and, not, and they, oh, they let me talk. Let me talk. All right, all right. You know, keep shouting over me. I won't be able to put my point across. You know, <laughs> my point is that you know that this is a team that have you know hung around mid-table for you know for a very long time and survived and you know had some decent seasons. But you know, they're not they're not a team that you would say were you know necessarily an established you know sort of elite team. They're not. You know, so they have. 
you know, they have to find their goals where they get them. And a lot of that is putting the ball into the box, particularly late in the game when they're trailing. You know, and they've had, and you mentioned Jim Jimenez, and Jimenez was, you know, the perfect target man for them, you was. know, in terms of putting the ball into the box. So that's always, been a, that's always been a strategy of theirs. So they were always going to put the ball in the box. So you don't bring on one of your smallest defenders. I don't understand what he was thinking. Do you know what I think? I think the, the point being that I think he thought because they've got so many ball players and what Trincao had done, I think he overlooked the fact that actually they could get a set piece and they've got people like Connor Cody who come in. And I think he thought that somebody like Malang Sar was more mobile. That's the only thing I can think of because it doesn't make sense to me. Because I, mean, I think you're absolutely right. He should have brought on somebody with height for yeah. try and cover all options. I think you have to say Wolves have been in the in the top league for a long time, and it's not true. They haven't been in the top league that long at all, three or four years, perhaps, but certainly not not a long time. And they've they've been in the top six for quite a part of this season, and we're challenging for Champions League places just at the turn of the year. But they were never going to yeah. get in the Champions not, League. No. Well, of course they weren't. Of course they weren't. But to say they've got um, Championship DNA is a little bit is a little bit rough. It's a little well, bit well you can. You, you're entitled to your opinion. Other opinions are, are other opinions are available. I think a team that spent, I think a team that has spent that long in the championship in recent times has got to have some championship in their DNA. That's my point. As you say, they are not an established Premier League tide. You know, for that long, they spent an awful long time playing in the championship. So therefore, there must be some residual DNA there. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. well, look, I mean, we we should we should just wrap this up now on on the Wolves game, and we should go. <laughs> to a commercial break, and we'll be back after this. And we're back. Right, well, look, we've got two games to look forward to this week. We've got dirty leads away, and, of course, we've got the Cup final. So I think let's have a quick look at Leeds. I mean, Andy, you're going, aren't you? You you love an away game. I mean, this... That's always a, a tasty atmosphere up there, isn't it? Yeah, Leeds is always a bit tasty. Um, yeah, it's just because I haven't been to you know to, to those home games recently, so I thought I'd better go to a game. Um, and yeah, I should be going up there. And you know, it's, it is always a great atmosphere and usually a good game. So um, I, I, look, they're not a team that you know that have got much hope of survival at the moment. I've got I've got a few mates who are Leeds fans. They're not they're not expecting to stay up, frankly. Um but that makes them dangerous. And I think that, you know, they will be fighting I think did Luke Ayling get sent off at the yeah. weekend? So he's yeah. banned, isn't he? So that's good. Um, you know, he's one of their better players. They can't seem to score goals. You know, it doesn't mean they won't score them against us, but they don't seem to be able to score goals. You know, I think, you know, if we're going to go and play a team at the moment, Leeds is a good one to play. And, you know, I think this is going to be a comfortable win for us. I'm going to say 3-0. Uh, Gary, uh, what are your thoughts? Just a quick thought. Do you actually think it may work against us that they are in trouble? And actually, what we were hoping was that they would be a team that uh, would be away on holiday, safe out yeah. of any trouble and now we still need five points <clears throat> depending on the Tottenham Arsenal result of course we still need five points to guarantee Champions League place uh it becomes quite a big fixture doesn't it on Wednesday yeah it doesn't it just I mean I think they've lost the last three games and that's just the type of club that Chelsea tend to fall down to so I mean yeah I'll have this right I mean if we play well on form if we play well and they play well we'll win you just hope that we know we have a, a decent performance 
uh, and the team the team is is a bit better, better balanced. I hope Mason's back. I hope Kai's back. Um, and then I think yeah, on form we should win. I hope Andy's right. Both of those players are huge misses for us. You know, oh, so, they, they you just. Know, Get get their men, and I think that gives us a huge advantage. You know, I mean, what we really want is a draw, a draw for Arsenal Spurs later yeah. in the week. That would yeah. that would work well for us. Um, you know, it, but it's in our hands still, and we're yeah. lucky that it's still in our hands. And I think you know, hopefully, recent results have given them a kick up the arse, and they can go out there and 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 just play as they're you know play play as they're capable of. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Uh, what's your score prediction then, Gary? Jesus, my, I mean, my, you know, my, my heart says, you know, comfortable win three 0 I just hoped in a hang on to the last minute of one nil, scraping one of eight the bar in the last minute, and they have a penalty, and Mendy fetches one out the top bins. I, I just, I mean, just we just need to win. I mean, can we? Can you believe we're going into the last three games five points clear for the, for the fourth top four position, and we're like nervous, bloody nervous about it. We wouldn't be Chelsea if we didn't. I tell you, that's but, true, uh, buddy. That's true. But, uh, but yeah, my my prediction is a nervy one nil win, <laughs> just to just to get everyone going. And I think he'll pick Lukaku. I think he has to pick Lukaku. Yeah. I think after he scored against Wolves, yeah. he has to show a reward structure um, yeah. and say, "Look, mate, you go out and do it again against Leeds, and you get a cup final place." I think that's the way he's got to manage Lukaku. I don't see it working any any other way. If there's any defence that Lukaku could bully, it's Leeds. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, Leeds under Bielsa were balsa wood at the back. They're a little bit better now, but they're not that great. And I think, you know, I think you're right. Pick Lukaku, tell him to go out there and just rampage and see what happens. Confidence yeah, is just a massive thing with strikers. You know, I don't huge. think Lukaku scores a second goal if he hadn't scored the penalty. The no, guys, I agree. The I guys think it just hits it. Feed, feed him now. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we should do a, a little bit of a roundup as well because it is cup final day and I've got my cup final tickets. They arrived on Saturday and I am so delighted. Here we go. 150 years of the cup finals. I love it. I'm, I'm, I am kind of, I feel a bit like the Bayern Munich game in a way. I'm going, yeah, well, look, chances are, you know, we won't be any good. It'll be Liverpool. But, but, but. Every time we've played Liverpool this season, we've given them a run for their money and we could have won all three of those games. I mean, Gary, how do you see this one panning out? Is it great that all this pressure, while the whole country supposedly roots for Liverpool to win the quadruple, what a load of tosh that is. Um, And do you think that this is actually the perfect atmosphere for us to go and play them again? Yeah, do you know, I do, I do. I I'm almost, it, it sounds stupid to say, but I'm almost more confident against the, the game against Liverpool than I'm the game against Leeds. Um, because, I mean, we played Leeds at home and we only just dogged it out in the last minutes. Um, I think a bit of a dodgy penalty that uh, really good one in, the, in there. And yet Liverpool, we seem to raise our game. Liverpool, as you say, we played them three times this season and could have won all three and, and haven't been beaten. Um, so, I, and, you know, I, I don't think Van Dijk's the player he was. And I think if Havertz is playing, he's far more mobile to play against um, Van Dijk. Van Dijk is far more comfortable playing against Lukaku. Um, I just think, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I think it's a 50-50 game, to be honest with you, on Saturday. Um, although, you know, Liverpool, because of, you know, um, the sort of esteem they're held in widely, even though perhaps, you know, it's nonsense to say everybody wants them to win everything. Uh, they'll probably be, be odds on favourites. But, I, you know, I think it's a 50-50 game. 
And, and Andy, does it drive you nuts when everyone keeps going on about all oh, Liverpool this, all oh, Liverpool that? I mean, even I think it was Trent Alexander-Arnold was even talking about what it would mean to win the quadruple. And you think they ain't winning the quadruple, talking? not after of that draw against not. Spurs. They're not. They know. Man City have won the league. We're going to win the FA Cup. They're going to get beaten by Real Madrid in the final of the Champions League. You know, and they'll be able to parade their League Cup around Liverpool. You know, I mean, good for them. Everybody's second favourite team, my ass. You know, it's anybody, nonsense. anybody but Liverpool. We'll go there on Saturday and we'll beat them. Because as you say, you know, they haven't beaten us this year. We could have won those games. We're desperately unlucky in the League Cup final. And I think that, you know, we have big game players. Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, Rudiger. I mean, Kante, if he can play. Uh, Kovacic, these are all big game players. You know, on the big stage, forget what happens against Brentford and Everton and Wolves and all these championship clubs. You know, on the big stage, you know, we're not playing the pub teams, we're playing the real teams on the big stage, and that's when you see the real Chelsea because we find a way to win. I, I, I'm fascinated <laughs> to see what he does with uh, I, I love your, your bravado, it's great because he didn't have it before the show, and now look at you, you're pumped, you're psyched, and there's only a few days to go. I can't wait. Oh, I can't it. stand Liverpool. I mean, I, you know, I've said it before, I can't stand of all the teams, I can't stand this. You know, sort of everybody's second favourite team nonsense. It's crap, you know. And, you know, nothing would please me more. Nothing would please me more to see them fail miserably in all those competitions. Yeah, and I don't know whether you saw, Gary, that Pep Guardiola yesterday was Pep talking Fraudiola. about... Yeah, but he's funny, though, because he did say, oh, everyone in this country supports Liverpool. Yeah, that was I, funny. It was, just... he's... Go on, Gary. I, I... I just wish Andy wasn't so reticent and be a bit more straightforward about his opinion. <laughs> yeah, you're starting I mean, to discover about him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it is it is galling, and you know, you see on Twitter so many times about you know Liverpool, everything's Liverpool, Liverpool. And there's a stat I read that I think they haven't conceded. Well, let's rephrase that: they haven't had a penalty awarded against them for 14 months. I tell well, you let's what, hope, let's hope that changes one in the Wembley, 89th minute. There's one here at Wembley. I mean, mm. I, I just, I mean, no matter how, how tidy your defensive organised their disciplined defences, that stat just challenges credibility a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, no, well, you know, we, we all we all think the same thing. But, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be, for me, I, I think the key to a lot of this is getting the midfield right. And I still right. don't know yeah. what our midfield, <clears throat> what our right midfield is this season particularly. I mean, what are your thoughts, Andy? Kante and um, Kovacic if they're fit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think so. I think I so. I mean but- I'd even I'd even play Jorginho and, and Kante you know at, at Wembley. I mean again, talk about big game players. You know, Jorginho doesn't let us down in finals. You know, Jorginho is a is a you know is a player that mentally strong player. You know, which you've got to be in that kind of atmosphere. I know I know people. Uh, Jorginho has his detractors. I'm not one of them. In, in this game, I'd probably go with Kovacic and Kante. But if he plays Jorginho and Kante, uh, or Jorginho and, and Kovacic, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna moan about it. You know, I, I mean, I have trust in him. I think you know, in terms of the transition, the tempo, I think you know, Jorginho can do it for us. Um, and I know, I know I'm probably in a minority, but you know that's just the way I, I feel. No, I, I agree. With you. I think I think Kante makes Kovacic a better player because oh, he, he takes He makes anybody a better player when he does. It does. <laughs> and also, and it's also if, if Mount's back, if Mason's back as well, it takes some of the creative pressure off Kovacic as well. Yeah. He hasn't got to play those sorts of, you know, not ninety percent passes that that sometimes get cut off. 
Because it gives us that energy as well, doesn't he, Mount? Yeah, it gives absolutely. Us that, you know, uh, you know yeah. against a, a team like Liverpool that are going to press you, you know, the gag and press, you know, heavy metal football, that bollocks. You know, if you've got players like, you know, Mason <laughs> Mount in your team and you've got players like Kovacic, you can drive at them and stop yeah. them doing that. Yeah. It kind of negates almost, you know, 50% of what they're about, really. Yeah, yeah and the other, the, other, the other thing I think is... <laughs> Interesting to see what he does is what he does on the right hand side with Reese James and uh, Dave because against Wolves it was interesting. The first half, Reese James was playing as a wing back, and in the second half, he moved him back into the defense and put Dave at, at, as the wing back. And it just strikes me that he's not sure that Reese James can last 90 minutes and he's trying to protect him perhaps by putting him back in the defense. It doesn't work for me with Dave as the wing back with Reese James behind him a lot of the time. When you're playing you Liverpool, think, it's the battle of the fullbacks, isn't it? Because you've, yeah, you've got Robertson and Alexander Arnold. You know, you've probably got to go James and Alonso against them, you know, and then just have but, a back, back three that's going to cover. Because, you know, I think that you put in Dave there, I just don't think you've got enough going forward against Robertson. And you probably haven't got. You know, you probably haven't. It's not you, playing the percentages. It's, it's not worth having having him sit back. You've got to go at Liverpool. You've got to get yeah. them on the back foot. If you if you just sit back, you know, and put Dave at, at right back or right wing back, you just invite him pressure. Yeah, I agree. But the thing is, what they will also do is they've got Diaz, who he's I mean, uh, for me, he is the signing of of yeah, that January window, if not the season, um, and he might think. Do I have Dave there because he might turn Dave inside out? Do I put Reese there? Uh, I agree with you. I think we have to take things forward. What, what do you think, Gary, about that whole area? I think, I think Reese James eventually, five, six, seven, eight years down the line, might end up as a centre back. But at the moment, I think he's definitely our first, our first choice as a right wing back. I think Is there a better right wing back in the world at the moment? I mean, you know, I just think he's astonishing going forward. You know, I mean, I mean he's I'm, just not fit though at the moment. That, that was my true. point from the that other thing. True. That's yeah. why he keeps shuffling, and you go at the back, you go in front. He can't survive ninety minutes as a as a right wing back at the moment. I that's, think that's strangely. I, th- I think that the swap was more to protect uh, Aspe than it was to protect Bruce James personally. That the swap against Wolves because I think he, he was getting a bit run out of it um, in in the centre because they they play more mobile because um, Jimenez hasn't got that physical presence anymore he's not strong in the air anymore because of his head injury he tends to be to, to run into the channels more than was running uh, ask me about the guy's not a spring chicken anymore let's, let's, let's be realistic about it the other, the, what concerns me more though is the other side um, and I think there's, there's so much talk that's gone on this week about Alonso fell out with uh, Tuchel or more pertinently perhaps Tuchel fell out with Alonso now given the Leeds game it wouldn't be for me I'm not saying it's what I do but it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world if we end up with a, with a uh, an unorthodox choice as left wing back. Now, be that somebody like Pulisic, be that somebody like Ruben Loftus Cheek, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world if he does that. And if they go to Leeds, and um, that that works because you could probably get away with it against Leeds, the temptation would there be to do the same thing in the final. Now, um, you see, we talk about Liverpool's uh, wing backs being sort of important going forward. Going backwards, they're not that hot. They're not so hot. Which is why you've got to get at them. Well, that's this is what I'm yeah. saying. So the temptation might be if he gets if you play somewhere like Pulisic as a as a wing back against Leeds, and then say, okay, let's pin Alexander Arnold. Let's give him something to worry about going inside and keep him more so occupied. I mean, I, I'm just thinking that it's something that might happen. I'm not saying I would do it, but it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world in my book. So is he going to be- look at? 
getting these three points and securing Champions League football, or is he going to look at a trophy at Wembley? What's going to be his priority? Uh, I think uh, I think they both are a priority well, until he messes if up you, once. If, yeah, well, you know, because it's going to come down to team choice, isn't it? You, you're probably not going to play the same team or a lot of the same team on the Wednesdays you're going to play on a Saturday, are you? No, I, I think it's... It's fascinating because it's very... How many times have we actually second-guessed the team this season? It's been Probably very none. Hard. It's been very you know, hard. So I, you would think that he will put Lukaku out because he needs a striker to keep him form and get him ready for the final mm. uh, after what's happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there could be... Look, he could do something really strange in the cup final. He could end up playing Saul at left wing back or something. You it's never know. It's not a bad shout, actually. It's not, you know. He's, I mean, he played there a lot for, you know... For, which for is Atleti, why he left Athletic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he didn't play that many until he left. And he wasn't that good, trust me. No, 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 I don't, no, I don't no, he wasn't happy there. And he's he too slow. Yeah. He's too slow. If, if yeah. Lukaku plays and scores against Leeds, he will start against final. And he could play Habits and um, uh, Mount. Mount. Yeah, that, to me, that works. If he plays yeah. against Leeds and doesn't score, Habits will play, Mount will play, and, and it might be Pulisic, it might be Werner. Be Who Werner. knows? I don't yeah. think he needs to play Werner. They are quick enough. It's not that kind of game, I don't think. I think Werner will sit this one out. Mm, I think that's what he's aiming at. I think he'll be aiming at Lukaku, Mount and Havertz. Well, look, look, we are out of time, so we should just get a prediction for the cup final. Firstly, from Gary. Off you go with your prediction of the score. Um, and we want precise. It'll be 2-1 Chelsea, and the, it'll be a penalty in the 87th minute, and it'll go in off the underside of the crossbar by Lukaku. I'll go with that, Andy. Andy, you ask for precise. I like it. That's that is precision. That that is top notch precision. Okay, Andy, over to you. I think it'll be a bit like the League Cup final. I think it'll be a hell of a game, you know. And that was a hell of a game, as yeah, was. was the game in 2012. And if you yeah. remember, Andy Carroll's header, unbelievably yeah. saved by Czech at the end. You know, uh, you know that was a hell of a game as well. It, you know, I don't. I think the days of the kind of board draws against Liverpool are over. They're 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 proper games now. You know, Klopp and Tuchel set their teams up to win. So I think um, I think it's going to be a real real you know sort of thunderclap of a game. So I, I'm going to say two. I'm also going to go two one. Um, I think they'll score first, and then we will uh, we will dominate in the second half. Okay, I am going to go for. <gasps> I feel, I feel a mystic moment. 3-2 Chelsea Oof. in extra time. Christ, I hope not. Oh, that sounds painful, doesn't it? it? I love it. I don't care if we win. It'd nah. be great. Nobody's been penalties. No, uh, as long, no. As long as the cup ends up in blue ribbons on, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, and lastly, if it ends up going to penalties, would you bring on Kepa this time or God, not? no. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. would? Yeah, okay. definitely. Definitely. It just puts... It's just throwing another another thing into the pot. Mendy hasn't got a great record against penalties at all. Well, apart, from the, apart from the African, African Cup of Nations. Nations, I think that was the first one he'd saved in two years. <laughs> but he hasn't got a good record because everyone keeps taking him off. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> good point, Kerry. Good point. Uh, right, look, we are out of time. Listen, uh, would you Andy, bring him on, Kerry? No chance. No, I wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't. I, I'd just reward the keeper who's on there. I, I just think Mendy's got as good... Look, how many did Kepa save in that last one? None. So, there you go. If Mendy saves none, then he's at parity with Kepa. You know, so, you know, and 
Anyway, I don't know. And he it's lost that bizarre. penalty shootout because he took a penalty. It wasn't I know, about him I, saying I, it. I'm not even going to drop him in it there. It's too <laughs> obvious. But you're right. But look, look, Andy, thanks as always. Lovely to have you back from your, your work do's abroad uh, and uh, chat through it as always. And Gary, look, Out of the Blue by Gary Thacker is out on Pitch Publishing. It's available everywhere. If you're a Chelsea fan, you want to read that. Just remember 2012. What a night that was. Thank you ever so much, Gary, for joining. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, good to meet you, Gary. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Enjoyed it, mate. Enjoyed it. Good, can't, good. Can't be now talking about Chelsea. No, you can't. Uh, we may not know what we're saying, but we say it anyway. Yeah. All right, everybody. Come on, Chelsea. And next time we see you, we should be FA Cup winners. Come on, you blues. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.